to the lazy Sunday. I was I did it in my head, and then the moment I started, I was like, "Do you know what we've we've been away for a while, a good yeah. long while? I think you know it's fine to 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 be a bit messy this episode." I okay, think. Good. okay. Let me let me try that one more time. Hello and welcome to the Lazy Sunday Book Club. Uh, I am the podcast queen of the week, Sophie, and hey. I'm by Annie. <laughs> Hello. And Fee. Hi. Okay, so <sighs> we're back. That's a big sign. We're back. Oh yeah. Feels like. Did anyone else forget how awkward it is to do the bit where that you, you know, whoever's podcast queen says your name and then you have to say hi, and it's like the most like fraught hi you've ever said in your life. <laughs> it's like when you in school when you had you knew that you were next to read like a passage of the book and you're just waiting for the person to stop at the sentence and you're like <laughs> put your finger on where you're gonna start and you're ready to go but you're so nervous <laughs> that's me right now yeah yeah or like um when you like it reminds me of when the register was in school and you're braced because you know? braced for where you are yeah yeah the school I went to before I moved to your guys's school um you had to say good morning to the teacher I won't and so it was like a full sentence. And so you'd practice like full, it in your good head. Good morning. Good morning. And then the full, like, Miss whatever, you know, Miss Smith, Miss Jones. Yeah. Um, and so when I moved schools and you guys would just say yes, I'd sit there in my head going, okay, it's just a yes. It's just a yes. It's just a yes. It's just a yes. And my mouth would open. I'd be like, good morning. Mi-. Yes. Hi. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Stressful. These things are fraught. even the yes bit is stressful and then sometimes you'd like just crack your voice a little bit and you go yes (laughs) very early in the morning yeah that's the first thing you're saying in the morning yeah anyway we're back yeah we are back so we're on like shaky little bambi legs but we're here we're here we're ready there is literally Um, a cobweb attached to my microphone (laughs) that's how long it's been i had to reassemble mine i had to like remember how all this i don't know it it wasn't unassembled it was just all the screws had come loose through like you know a couple of months of not being used on mine there's definitely (laughs) dust hello so because this is our first one back i wanted to start a little gently and i thought the first thing we'd do would just be like a quick check in on like how we are reading at the moment like are we are we we're gonna be like how we are mentally how we are physically (laughs) oh god well I don't know I feel like I'm not sure if it was the fact that we were taking a break that meant that I just wasn't reading as much or we took a break because we were all really busy and because I was so busy I wasn't reading much but whatever it was I certainly I noticed like a real decrease in the amount I was reading. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you also do like a PhD. So you need to do reading for your PhD. Yeah, yeah, no. So I've been doing PhD reading. But in my head, those are completely different things. Mm. And like, I, I, I imagine, I don't know if other PhD students would say the same thing as well. Because so to clarify, I study 16th century literature. So my primary texts are not the kind of things that I just read for fun. I mean, I read 
you know, they're enjoyable. But when I sit down to read, like, I don't know, the new Emily Henry novel, it, it's very different sitting down to read a primary text. And a second, yeah. whereas I think someone who studies contemporary literature, there is like a blurred line of, of well, you know, could this be something that I'm reading for fun? Whereas could this be something I'm reading for my degree? Um, and then on top of that, I think um, secondary reading. So reading literary criticism is very different. And you read that in a very different way. Like I wouldn't really sit down. I mean, I might sit down and read a monograph cover to cover, but I might flick through it. I might start at the index. I might read the introduction and work out which bits are relevant to me. I think it's such a mm -hmm. different process that I don't think of them as as in any way sort of yeah. um, comparable. So, I mean, yeah, I've continued to read for my PhD, but like, it's mm. different. Yeah, I also, I also found that I was like in a reading deficit, I would say. Like... <laughs> Um, yeah, Sophie stopped reading, uh, Fee even, Fee stopped reading so much that she swung round and was unreading. <laughs> yeah, I was unreading. I was just watching films. But I think there's something, I don't know, like films are easier for me to process than reading. <clears throat> and like, w when I'm going through th something like stressful, I will resort to watching even uh, re-watching old programs that's like my mm. comfort mechanism and so whereas books I don't reread books so it's not my go-to mechanism do you know what I mean yeah yeah so I actually I was like tracking what I had read like I've done it since January just kind of written down what um books I've been reading and um, I just like saw for like March, April, both months in those two months, I think I only read one book. I think I'm the same as you. Like, I think I only read one book. Mm. I mean, I finished Ariadne, but I almost don't count that because I started that in February when we were still doing the pod and then like put Me it too. down. Me too, yeah. So I think the only book I've read is House in the Cerulean Sea, which I absolutely like devoured at the speed mm. of life oh it's so good isn't it, it i'm so is. glad you read it but other than that i basically haven't read anything just because again i was in a stressful time and i switched to instead of reading on my commutes i just started watching stuff on mm. my phone instead mm. because that's like just less intense really it's just a bit easier to kind of get through and so kind of because we're all, we're all kind of in a bit of the same boat. Are we all, do we all feel like we were going to talk about reading slumps? Do we all feel like we're in a slump right now? Like, I think I am hopefully on my way out of a slump. Um, this is completely useless for podcasting because I'm about to show you guys a graph. Okay. <laughs> um, because I just realized that I track my reading. You said you were writing all the books that you read down. Mm -hmm. I realized I track my reading through Storygraph, which is sort of like a non-Amazon Goodreads. It's great, you should all look it up. Um, and they actually do provide a graph of how many books you've read and also how many pages you've read <laughs> throughout the year. Right. Uh, are you ready? Ready. Yeah. Uh, you can't see anything. No, you're. Oh, oh, there, oh it's there, focusing. There. It's focusing. Uh, so, oh wow, Annie has a huge. It, <laughs> it looks kind of like the roller coaster stealth. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. If you if you are if you're from the UK and um, five books in January. Yeah. Um, fourteen books in February. Twelve books in March. Zero in April. Two in May, and one so far in June. <laughs> That's not too bad. And it's probably been since March since I read a book that I hadn't read before. Actually, no, that's not true. <laughs> Those three books, one was a new book and two were sort of rereads of old books. But like still, it's been a dramatic decline. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So anyway, just getting that. I kind of you know, love- Podcasting for me is a visual medium. <laughs> I love that you have that graph. I feel like that's so... I don't know. It's so official to have it. <laughs> yeah. No. Story graph. It's a really, really great resource. I have to admit, for a um, moment, I thought you had made a graph and I was like, wow. <laughs> that is A, not what I expect for no. you, and B, very committed. <laughs> I'm a spreadsheets person. I could have made a graph. I didn't, but I could have. <laughs> um, I think I'm fully out of my reading slump. I would say mm. I but that's just because I have more time on my hands so mm-hmm. and I don't know I think I think because I read the first book um I read to try and get me out of it was so good that it kind of kick-started me into wanting to pick up another afterwards and another and another so then mm-hmm. I kind I think I've read five in may Ooh. oh wow okay yeah that's nice um and yeah one two three four five yeah so mm-hmm. yeah i think i'm i think i'm out of it but it's hard it's almost hard to say when you're out of a reading slump because you could you know i could have read five in may but i only get through two in june mm. so it's hard to tell but at the moment, I feel like I'm out of it. I was going to say, actually, how do you guys, like, define a reading slump? Like, what is a reading slump for you? Because I feel like it's probably not the same, but I feel like maybe everyone's reading slumps are, like, not quite the same thing. Yeah. For me, it's when I'm not, like, actively reading. Mm, daily is extreme, but, like, weekly, you know? Mm. I, my sort of go-to goal at the moment is 104 books per year which is two books per week mm-hmm. um and I spent the first like February and March I was definitely I was ahead of that goal yeah. and now I am 10 books behind which is a full month after but that's after like three months of not reading much yeah so for me if I'm not reading at least a book a week that feels like a slump but that's entirely based on how much I read Mm. you know yeah Yeah. and actually more than just like not a book a week it's more I go a week without reading anything yeah it's not like a daily thing for me I read a lot on the weekends and not much on weekdays right um but it's Mm. also it's more when I'm not excited about reading yes I I would you know agree with that (laughs) statement yeah I feel the same it's when I'm not excited to read or I find reading the thought of reading feeling more like a chore than 
like something I want to do. Yeah, like if I go for a walk and I'm not excited to listen to an audiobook, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. or when I find myself sitting down, you know, before bed and I'm like, I could read or I could not. Like, it's not, it's a, it's a, yeah. Yeah, I feel the same. I don't know. I never thought of myself as an avid reader. Like I never saw myself as those, you know, you know, on like booktube. So, you know, people who are in the book community on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. They read an insane amount of books, especially the people I subscribe to or follow. Mm -hmm. And so I never, I never read, felt, or I never felt I read as much as they did. So when, I don't know, maybe I would get maybe one through one book a month, maybe, but I, I don't know. I think it never hit me of reading some. I think only when I started to really increase how much I read, then when I went back to reading maybe one book every few months, I felt like I was in a reading slump because I hadn't been reaching my almost my personal bests all the time. Yeah. Yeah, no, because I think for me, at first I was like, because in my head, like I went through like a several year reading slump when I was at uni. Mm-hmm. um but then like the more I started thinking about it I was like okay so I wasn't reading the books that I was kind of used to reading but I was still kind of actively reading in other ways like because when I went through that period I wasn't really reading like fiction books but I was reading a lot of comics it was basically when I got into manga so I was kind of like mm. I always thought that reading slumps were when I kind of read nothing but I'm kind of realizing that through all the reading slumps I have been reading something but you guys have just hit kind of what I was missing which is that the reading slump is when I'm not excited to read it's when I don't feel motivated Mm. it's almost more of like a state of mind than like a physical kind of thing of not reading it's actually just that mentality of like you just don't it's just not interesting because like I finished House in the Cerulean Sea and I looked at all the books that I had and was like I've got so many books that I kind of want to read next but nothing that I'm like this one like nothing that was kind of grabbing me and making me be like next one it's sort of i i think there's a there's a there's a mental block to it you know it happens when you're exhausted or when your mental health is not great way it's the same thing as you know other kind of mental health points where there's no sort of there's there's a kind of mental exhaustion to it like you can want to do something but at the same time Mm -hmm. not have the ability to actively start um kind of thing and I think one of the things I Mm. found is you know you were saying that because fee because you don't reread books I know I'm in a reading slump where sometimes the things I want to read I won't read new books I'll just reread old books um and often like simple books you know I'm not rereading Emma I'm not rereading the great circle I'm rereading like in fact the most recent book I finished was um the magician's nephew I think I'm going to go through all of the Chronicles of Narnia and see if that helps. Because, you know, I can read that in an afternoon and it's fun Mm. and it's comforting, you know, um, and I've read it before. And in the same way that sometimes you're not, you're sort of too exhausted to watch something new, 
but you can mm-hmm. watch like an episode of Friends. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have the energy to think about new characters and new pe- people and new places and new plot lines. I just want something where I know what happened, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes getting out of a reading slump is about being excited again, but sometimes it's just mm-hmm. about for me at least just going back and reading stuff that I know you know comfort food reading um Mm. and I've made a conscious decision to consider rereading like as something that counts because I enjoy it and I do it a lot like there are some books I know at this point I basically reread the entirety of Terry Pratchett's God series about once a year and it still counts it's still reading you know I will read it cover to cover I'm not skipping anything and it just it Mm. helps keep me going when I'm not feeling excited about reading yeah I think it's interesting that like it is a comfort to read even if you're reading something new like there's something exciting but also comforting about it Mm. but then in times of like stress or high stress it's almost then becomes overwhelming to start reading something or reading something especially something new Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is about being really stressed that almost makes something that we love so much overwhelm us I know at least for me what really got Mm. me out of reading when I was in uni was like I had when I get stressed I can get a lot of brain fog Mm. and basically what that does is it makes it really hard for me to process anything that I'm reading yeah and so what will happen is my reading pace will slow down dramatically Mm. because it's taking me a really long time to get through anything and at that point it just becomes like frustration it's hard it's something and like that kind of effort when you're in a low point and you're already stressed like that just makes me like this is not fun how can I enjoy something if I I'm struggling to do it Mm -hmm. if it's like an actual physical struggle like that for me is really something that really killed my love of reading for quite a long time Mm. I Mm. I also didn't read during university like I was gonna ask you about that actually because obviously Soph and I both did literature degrees and so I was wondering is it like is there a sense in which that's killing the fun of reading but obviously you were doing biomed and still like Mm -hmm. it was the same thing you were just busy and overwhelmed kind of thing yeah but also my thinking was Oh, what's the you know like because because I know I'll remember a book and that's why I don't really reread because mm. I remember stories easier mm-hmm. than reading a textbook so for me I thought well I have so many you know assignments and exams to do what's the point of me reading fiction when I could be reading my my like my textbook and actually things that will help me get to my exam mm. and like pass my exam because I was having weekly (laughs) tests at at one point um within the first term I had I think at least an exam every other week it was like a mini test but it still counted towards my module Mm -hmm. um and my first year um did count only a small amount but it did Mm. count um and then I think because that was the habit I started in first year it just kind of continued on and because each year got more intense it just made less and less sense to 
buy a fictional book but that didn't mean I didn't go to go with you to Waterstones you know like on the weekends I just didn't <laughs> buy books yeah. oh, um, that, that is such a shocking thing to hear from you I know <laughs> <laughs> and I had books that caught my interest but I just thought I'm not going to read them because I have to read I have to read um like studies and mm. um like papers um and scientific papers so I need to put all my energy and all my kind of reading energy into that other than and um, instead of fiction yeah um, but I remember that my, just before I'd finished my exams and my um my dissertation that I had to hand in so in my final year that was the last thing I had to do for my degree mm. I'd I went and bought like five books and I knew I finished earlier than my flatmate and I while he was studying I was just reading loads and loads of books Lo- and then that kind of mm. it was almost like I'd waited for this moment to kind of read books again <laughs> And then, like, I got back into it, and then, yeah. Mm. And then, but then I did my masters, and again, I didn't, I didn't read at all during my masters because I had so many scientific papers to read that it it, it felt reading felt like a job, so mm. <laughs> I wasn't going to be reading something that didn't help me towards my end goal. See, I think I had. Not exactly something similar, but what it took for me to start reading again, because obviously I have not yet left <laughs> universities and may never leave universities at this point, um, is having a really clear boundary. And I've spoken about this before in this episode, but like I think that it took me a while to get to that point. And I don't know if I would have done it had I not started to focus exclusively on much older primary text so there was like something distinctive like I don't mm-hmm. I don't know how I would cope if I was studying modern literature or even like 18th century literature because there would be that sort of thing but I also think reading is a fun thing reading is a mm. hobby you know and that boundary is so important because you know you would never say to yourself oh you know actually you probably would say to yourself oh I can't watch tv I need to study it but it's unhealthy (laughs) to say I can't watch tv I need to study or I can't go for a run I need to study so like really conceptualizing reading as something that you enjoy and finding that way of sort of separating it out from any reading that you have to do for work or for school or for university is an important part of enjoying reading and finding time for reading so I also have a question because we've kind of been talking about getting out of reading slumps and I have a question that's kind of it's a bit more for Annie because I know you don't really use audiobooks but if you're in a reading slump do you count listening to audiobooks oh I always count listening to audiobooks definitely yeah because um I don't count listening to my favorite bits of audiobooks and I don't count the audiobooks I listen to to go to sleep mm-hmm. um I I need sound to sleep I hate silence yeah. um so 
like sometimes I will be in a reading slump, but I will fall asleep every night to that my favorite scene in Jane Eyre. Sometimes I will just go back and listen to my favorite bits of beach read. That's not in any way getting out of a reading slump. But if I listen to an audiobook all the way through, that's a book that I've read, like <laughs> tick. Um, I will say though, I find that in a reading slump, sometimes I will not read that much, but I will be listening to audiobooks a lot. But I don't consider mm -hmm. that a reading slump because I'm still like actively engaging in new books all the time. And when I am genuinely in a reading slump, when I'm not excited about books, I won't listen to audiobooks. Yeah, because I was thinking like, I think part of what gave me, got me out of a reading slump when I was at uni was listening to audiobooks, partially because I listened to them whilst I was studying. But like, mm. it was that, that switch. Because I, up until then, I listened to audiobooks a lot as a child. And then as a teenager, I didn't really. I kind of mm -hmm. only read. But then switching when I was in uni from reading to audiobooks really helped me because it got me around kind of that mental block that I had with like physically reading. So I was kind of, yeah, like yeah. That, that was something that really got me out of reading. So I'm just changing to a different medium to still consume books. I was kind of wondering, yeah, do, like, do we have any other tips? How else? Do we find that we get our reading thumbs? Because I know, like you said, like reading one book has just kind of like pulled you out. Yeah. Mm. I uh, for me, I find almost going on a almost like a hunt to find something that really catches you, like mm -hmm. just the just catches your curiosity and makes you go, I want to find out what happens. Yeah. Mm. Can kickstart it and sometimes it is just like picking up a book and I don't know a, a, a good book will always kind of help you it kickstart you into reading again because it almost reignites that enjoyment that yeah. and reminds you of mm. enjoying reading mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. yeah so yeah yeah I will also say lower your standards <laughs> <laughs> only well, for so books though only for books <laughs> <laughs> yeah dating keep your standards high but books just like whatever um no <laughs> i think so many of us you know my mantra that i have sort of you know forced onto this podcast is all reading is good reading you yeah, know yeah. manga reading great audiobooks counts you know A book that you've read before definitely counts Sometimes I think we can punish ourselves, especially people who like grew up thinking of reading as the thing that made them smart, mm -hmm. you know, which I think <laughs> yeah. school sometimes can completely destroy your love of reading by making it like clever, giving you associations yeah. between like, you know, worthy books and unworthy books. And I remember my school, yeah. we had to be always reading something, but Jacqueline Wilson didn't count. This was in primary school and it was this, yeah, in I know. Primary school. It was like, you have it to be reading something. Jacqueline Reza Wilson didn't count. And in the, and in um, year seven, Twilight didn't count. Like it was a real. One, <laughs> I kind of get it. I don't know. I think it's the same thing. It's that like, you know, read, but only what we consider worthy. Well, you know, you can only get. Thing. Fan fiction again. Reading. I was actually just you thinking know? that yeah. this morning. I was like, oh, really? good reading and I was like wait this fan fiction do are we counting that I was like yeah it's real yeah 100% <laughs> fan fiction counts yeah um so like 
I think lower your standards and stop punishing yourself for reading things that you don't consider worthy you know I know so people so many people who like keep a list of the books that they read but they'd never write down like an audiobook they'd never write down mm-hmm. like, you know write down all of the books that you read I know you don't enjoy rereading but if you enjoy rereading like write them down you know it doesn't matter if the same book appears three times on your list yeah like rereading counts it doesn't and matter what genre what type of no storyline it is just if well it, that's if another it... thing as well so often yeah. in my life I have like you know looked at a bookshelf of really worthy books and found nothing to read but the second I let myself be like actually what I want to read is Terry Pratchett I want to read romance novels I want to read this I want to read that you will find yourself reading as soon as you let I mean it doesn't always work sometimes you can have all of the like best intentions in the world and still only read what you want to read uh, and still mm. not be reading. But like when I think about previous reading slumps, I think it was 2020, I found myself not reading at all after mm. like having picked up quite a bit. Um, and I'd set myself a goal to read 52 books that year. And I was very behind. Um, it was like July and I'd read maybe 10. Um, and then completely by accident I read Beach Read by Emily Henry um and I didn't even read it I listened to it on audiobook I borrowed it from Borrowbox the like library audiobook service and when I finished it I just desperately wanted to read more books like that and so I started reading romance novels I read a Mario McFarlane novel um that was when I read um Red, White and Royal Blue and that made me want to read more books like that so I read Boyfriend Material by Alexis Hall and I was just like it felt like a compulsion. I was just reading and reading and reading. And eventually I started to like read Booker Prize novels as well. And like, but alongside my romance novels and alongside my, you know. And I think, and also that year I reread all of the Percy Jackson books. And then I read for the first time the like sequel series. Um, the second I, and I ended up reading over a hundred <laughs> books that year. And have read 100 books the year after that as well. And it's about finding books that make you hungry to read more. Yeah, you know? I think that um, I think that's important because it's almost like, you know, when you're not sure what it is you want to read next, you're almost unsure of the plot mm. that is going to pull you in. You know, like I bought, like earlier this year, I bought a bunch of books that all kind of had the same sort of it's not the same genre but it's like the same sort of protagonist and it's like this kind yeah. of dark um like femme fatale kind of story but mm. in like a few weeks later I just didn't feel like reading mm-hmm. it and I didn't know what I felt like yeah. reading so then mm. it was almost like, and I think when you read Beach Read, it's like that you found a story or a type of genre or a plot that kind of, you finally found what your hunger was for. And that satisfied yeah. it. And it's like, oh, okay, this satisfies me. I'm going to read something more like that. I want to read more like that. And then, and then you almost like, you get a better detection of what you're in the mood for so you can find the, a book easily to accommodate that. Yeah. 
yeah i think that yeah but it's not easy to to figure out what it is sometimes you're looking for yeah no i I mean like i would definitely 100 percent like second annie's statement of like lower your standards because again when i was getting into those audiobooks what i first did was i re-listened to all the harry potter books and I was like, this is easy. My brain is like getting through stories for the first time. And then I just went and I list, I listened to like all of the Percy Jackson books, like basically everything he'd written. And then that got me, I mm-hmm. think I then went on to like Six of Crows. Basically I went on like a massive sort of YA fantasy thing. And that really just kind of propelled me through and actually got me consuming stories again. And I would definitely say that right now, the problem that I'm having mm. is kind of what Fee said, which is that I don't know what I want to read I've got book ideas but I'm just like none of these is grabbing me none of them is like I I, and like Mm -hmm. like I know that I just kind of need to read and if once I start reading I will find the thing that I want to but it's just like that mental block at the start of being like I don't want to start a book if it's not gonna give me the thing that I want but I don't know what I want (laughs) so I'm just like I I guess I just won't start a book then I'll just Mm -hmm. not read but I think it's it, it's almost like it's almost taboo to like not finish a book and it and, and it shouldn't be because mm. it's okay for you to get like even halfway through a book or three quarters of the way and be like I'm just not interested in this and it's okay to put it down and pick up something else you don't have yeah. to force yourself to finish something you don't want to like you're not enjoying also sometimes you will pick up a book and be like, eh, not now, you know, I will read this later. Yeah. And sometimes you'll pick up a book yeah. and never, and put it down and never pick it up again. But sometimes you will. I've had um, David Copperfield, um, mm. the Charles Dickens novel, David Copperfield. I have been reading it, or not reading it. I have, I read the first mm. uh, 10%, I want to say. Um, and it just the more you get into it's just like oh and then another thing happens to david copperfield and then another awful thing happens to david copperfield david copperfield by the way isn't like 15 at this point he's young i was like i don't want to sit and read more about this child being failed by every single adult around him and this is a very long book Mm -hmm. so i just put it down and i said this to my mom and she said you know that's funny i tried to reread david copperfield at the beginning of the pandemic and i had exactly the same thing like it's you know oh david copperfield has found an ounce of happiness someone snatched it away from david copperfield and made him go somewhere worse in this worst place david copperfield scratched out an ounce of happiness and oh no someone took it away made him feel worse like you just one day I will finish David Copperfield. I'm fairly certain about that, but <laughs> I can't at the moment. Like, I'm just not, I'm not ready to see David Copperfield suffer. Um, but that doesn't mean I'm never going to read it. That just means I'm not in a point in my life right now and I want to read about an 11-year-old being failed mm. by all the adults around him, you know? Yeah. I find for me with, with um, romance books that I find it's very easy for me to not be interested in it and I don't like I've always struggled trying to find a romance book that I like love and I haven't found one yet and sometimes like like for me the hex the hex -hex. or the x yeah yeah that's it (laughs) um I read maybe like a quarter of it and I just wasn't feeling it at the moment Mm -hmm. 
and mm. I just I put it down I mean my bookmark is still in there yeah. but I put it down and I picked up something else and then I read like beach read and I really like I really like that but it wasn't uh, the perfect romance novel for you no I haven't found it yet and I feel like I'm really picky with romance novels <laughs> I don't know psychologically what that says about me but <laughs> see those are the good um... <laughs> kind of high standards um have you tried boyfriend material I haven't tried boyfriend material I would recommend yet, boyfriend maybe. material because it's maybe... so funny like I am I am actually reading the no show mm. which is um Beth O'Leary's new mm book she wrote flat share um the road trip i think but it's not a conventional romance novel because now i can see you being more in tune with beth o'leary novels than your typical romance novel because i think there's a lot of non-romantic conflict in a beth o'leary novel these are people with big serious problems Mm. um i mean not to say that romance novels don't have conflict or romance conflicts aren't big serious problems, but I think there is something distinctive about the kind of plot that Beth O'Leary is interested in Mm. that is sort of, I would argue, distinct from your typical romance novel. That's the thing, like, even, even if I'm not vibing with a book, that won't deter me from the genre or from other books that mm-hmm. the author's written. Mm. It's just, it may just be a, this isn't for me, or it may just be a, this isn't for me yeah. right now, but maybe I'll pick it up again. Mm. I don't know. Um, and I think, and it still counts as reading, even if you haven't finished the book, you've attempted the book. Huh. Yeah. It can be really disheartening sometimes though, to like, when you're in a reading slump, start something and not finish it it feels like a failure. Yeah, I know. It's not. It's just, yes. this isn't the one, you know? And the best thing to do is just dust yourself off and try the next book. But it can feel like a, it feels like an indictment somehow. Yep. Whereas mm-hmm. I think if I'm reading a lot and I start to read a book that I don't like, I will just start reading another book. Like, I, that, I think that's another thing. Often I will have two or three books on the go at once. And a reading Mm. slump for me is when I finish books, but I don't start them, you know? And eventually I just stop reading altogether. Um, Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it goes from three to two to one. Yeah, and then there's Instead of like a three, three, three. three. Yeah, yeah. Because normally I will have an audio book and a paper book and a a physical book or an ebook going. Sometimes I will have a physical book, an ebook, and an audio book. And quite often mm. behind the physical book I'm reading is the physical book that I that I stopped halfway through. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I will often have like 10 books that take me a week each and then like three books at the same time that take me a good m- month to read. Like mm-hmm. and so when I slow down, I will sort of finish the books that I'm reading but not feel like picking up another one. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? I think also book talk is probably also happening with reading slumps. Yeah. Because, yeah, because I think there is a, like, an air of trust, of trusting. Like, does that even make sense? Probably not. That's probably not even proper English. Um, But, like, I think because so many people are recommending the same book, 
or there's like a common book that pops up in a lot of of these little videos mm. that you think well okay people have really enjoyed this book this is already a little community that have read the book that mm. almost are supporting you reading the book does I mean, that I was make sense say, like, one other useful thing to get out of reading slumps is other people who can tell you books that yeah. might like I think there's nothing worse than being in a room on your own I think it's mm. it's it's that yeah. sense of community and I think that is what like booktube and booktop mm. have created is connecting people who have an interest of reading and like everybody might be kind of have different reading habits and like journeys like for somebody a lot of reading is is like a book a month that is a lot for them and like for another person it's like you know a book a month is their reading slump but it doesn't matter what yeah um it doesn't matter which one you identify with you're kind of connecting over your shared enjoyment mm. of books and I think like when you see somebody recommend a book and you enjoy their content you're more likely to go pick it up and just to connect with that other person and see like oh they enjoyed it I probably might enjoy it as well because I really enjoy the stuff they recommend and the stuff they do yeah and so I think that could be a way of kick-starting mm. reading I also think sometimes it's okay to just lean into the slump you know mm. be like yeah sure I don't want to read that much right now you know I'm gonna like I think sometimes a reading slump is sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy and sometimes it's a it's a spiral and the second you break out of it it helps but sometimes you're exhausted and tired and stressed and you're not feeling like reading right now. And I think nothing will make your reading slump worse than adding to all of those negative <laughs> emotions, the guilt of not reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think sometimes it's okay to be like, oh, okay, I've given it a go. Reading is not happening today, this week, this month. That's fine. And I'll try again when I'm in a different place you mm-hmm. know yeah and I think it's the same thing of not punishing yourself and not guilting yourself just sort of allowing it allowing your relationship with reading mm. to be what it is like having a reading slump doesn't make you any less of a reader <laughs> it doesn't I feel like there is this identity of I'm a reader or I have reading as my hobby mm. that almost you need to hit a quota for that statement to be true yeah but I don't think that's the case I think if you enjoy reading you are a reader that it it doesn't matter how many books you read or what kind of content you read you're a reader Mm. and so it doesn't make you any less so whether you're in a reading slump or not in a reading slump do we want to recommend a book that has maybe helped us out of a reading slump specifically i have think of one. like more of a piece of advice than a specific book which is go and read a book that you remember loving uh, i don't know five ten years ago like 
be careful with it because sometimes you will go back and read a book that you loved as a kid and it's just disappointing um it's not it's not enough to hold your attention anymore that does happen don't like so i think the biggest piece of advice i have is give up on things quickly when you're in a reading slump because the more time you like just just if if it doesn't instantly hook you in don't worry about it but go back and read a book that you know you Mm. love and sometimes it has that same sort of thing as going back and reading a tv show going back and watching a tv show that you know you love just a kind of nothing new Mm. nothing complicated Mm -hmm. just something your brain will enjoy you know um, and for me, at the moment, mm-hmm. that is the Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. Apparently, I think, I'm not sure if I so have. That's, that's where I am. I can I give it. Yeah, like like Annie, I can give more of a general advice, which is probably mm. just like try reading in different ways. Like if a if a physical book isn't working for you, try an audio book. If a book, if you normally read long books, try a short story. Try a webtoon that comes in a much smaller format. Try comics. Try manga. Just try something different that might kind of give you the space to then explore reading in a different way or like just give you time to get back into a place Mm. where you want to go back and read the kind of thing that you maybe previously did and I think that could be helpful just like give your time give yourself space and time and not feel bad about Mm. feeling like you maybe need to read things that are a bit easier I would say my little bit of advice is Mm. Like, I'd say use the time to, like, hunt for what it is you're looking for. Like, and let that time, you know, be as long as it needs to be. So maybe you're looking for a genre that you've not thought of even Mm. reading before. Or a plot that you wouldn't think of reading. Um, And, you know, I guess ask people as well what they recommend. And see if that, you know sparks any curiosity for you and um yeah and also just just follow what feels right for you don't force yourself I think we've all collectively said don't force yourself to do something that you're just your body is kind of rejecting at the moment it's okay Mm -hmm. to lean into this time of just whatever whatever it looks like for you um and you know it doesn't mean you're like out of the book Mm. community or anything or like you can't enjoy like content which is like people's reading lists and people's um book recommendations or people's book reviews because that might help you finding something that sparks your interest to read um again so yeah um a specific book that I would recommend though is um, The Club. Uh, I can't remember who it's by, but that really kickstarted um, my reading again out of a reading. The um, Club by Ellery Lloyd. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, so, cool. Yeah, thank you for tuning back in to sort of our. I guess our, our, our newest, like our first episode kind of again. Yeah, um, I guess like our new, our new, uh, our new yeah. chapter. Yeah. Our um, as always, you can find us on Instagram um, as mm. the Lazy Sunday 
book club and I think also TikTok under the same name. Yeah, we're going to try and get on TikTok. I, I don't know work, if that's been created yet. <laughs> okay, maybe TikTok too, I think. Maybe, um, anyway, but yeah, if you're there yeah. in, in the space, we really, we really appreciate it and we really appreciate you guys listening. It really makes our day. Makes our, and, makes our whole week. Yeah. Would you believe Speaking it? Books, yeah. How did we end these? Did we just say bye? I can't remember. I think, I mean, like, they get... Ah. <laughs> I think we okay. said thanks for listening. <laughs> so bye. Thank you for listening. <laughs> and goodbye. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>